0: We have spoken before about what an average witness is like and how do you go about having an encounter if you want to have one? I honestly don't know. For 99% of us, the event just sprung upon us without choice. Most witnesses are kids playing in the woods, drivers and office workers on the daily commute. Thousands of people walking the dog or out in the woods enjoying their hobbies have sudden encounters of the strange and unusual kind. I speak to many witnesses who were at work when their experience happened. Security guards, police officers and army personnel bus drivers and dinner ladies. The report I brought to you tonight happened to two gents during their working day. The day started as normal and there was nothing before the event that would be considered as out of the ordinary. The men had visited a number of other addresses on their route and everything was fine until they pulled into one old cottage close to the Galloway Forest in a very small hamlet called Kirkpatrick Durham. Witness report. Hi Deborah. something weird happened to me when I was at work and after thinking about it for a while, I'm still not sure about the situation. I am self-employed and I run my own company. I'm a locksmith and have been for over 20 years now. I really enjoy my job for the most part, no two days are the same and I get to see lots of new and interesting places every day. I also meet all sorts of people, mostly good, once in a while you meet some complete tools, but hey the world would be a boring place if we all got along wouldn't it? For a number of years a large part of my work is under contract for the utility companies under warrants to attend various properties and carry out the warrant. Before we go down the morale road of that's a shocking job. I live in Scotland and under Scottish law people never get any property removed from them or money taken off them, like they do in England. All we are there to do with the utility warrant is to check that the gas or electricity meter is safe. Usually because the property is empty and we haven't been allowed access into it to read the meters for over two years etc. Sometimes we may have been denied access for many years or the home has been empty for a long time, we have to make the supply to the property safe. We need to check if everything up to code and there are no gas leaks or dangers within the property. When there are people still living at the property the visit is usually because they haven't paid a bill in over 5 years or more. We attend it and a meter gets fitted if possible and they pay their debt back on a payment plan at around £5 a week, that's it. I don't usually get involved in any of that, my job is just to the open doors and that's usually it. But I still get threatened, attacked the odd time, you try not take it personally, We normally cover the west of Scotland and do all commercial and domestic jobs and maybe about twice a year we get a rural run out to the farms which are way out in the countryside and some are nightmare houses to find like B&Bs and abandoned farms situated way out in the middle of the sticks. When we get these runs I usually take the warrant officer with me in my van to save time and it helps with directions etc. This day we were heading down towards a place called Castle Douglas which isn't too far from Dumfries and there's a place near there called the Galloway Forest. It's on the west coast of Scotland, and if you were to go directly out to see the first place you would hit would be the Isle of Man. We had seven jobs in that area to get done during the day. The warrant officer knew roughly where half the jobs were as he had been down and delivered letters to all the properties the month before, which enables the owner to make arrangements with the company and saves us a visit. But the warrant officer said he couldn't find all of them. This wasn't anything unusual as none of us are local to the area. We have to rely on the SAT nav and directions given by passing locals. We plotted on and got 4 of the jobs out the way and it was about 1.30pm, we were struggling to find this one particular cottage and we had really crap signal on our mobiles, we ended up calling the office for information about the property and we were told it was near a dairy farm. Eventually I found this dairy farm on my sat nav, and off we went, and when we got there we found it has big gates that are double locked and a massive sign saying private property, keep out. The office told us the address we were looking for should be close by, There was only one road in and we headed on down at approximately 2 miles when we saw this slightly run-down group of buildings at the bottom of the hill. Down we went and there was a sign saying claim Cottage. The warrant officer checked his paperwork and said yip this is the place. It was a large group of buildings that made a U-shape, so I drove in and did a 3-point turn in the courtyard. One thing I've learned on this job is, always park so you can get away quickly and don't let people block your van and etc. When we attended most jobs, 9 times out of 10 we get some sort of history of the customer or account and if there is any chance of a problem or to go with care act. If there's going to be a dog on site we usually have a dog handler meet us at the property and they deal with the dog, again just in case, we don't want anyone getting hurt or the dog escaping and getting run over or something. But on this job there was nothing written down. So we were sitting in the van with the engine running, you never get out of the van at a farm straight away just in case there are farm dogs running around. Collies especially, they are nippy vicious things in protect mode and I found that out that hard way once. We waited and after a few minutes nothing happened. I did think it was strange that there were no cars, tractors or any vehicles sitting about. Usually in these old places there is almost always an old Land Rover sitting about. We didn't see anyone around and the yard was empty. Just then the warrant officer's phone rang, it was the engineer and he explained he was lost and asked us for directions. He passed him over to me and I asked him where he was and did my best to direct him into where we were waiting. He was about 20 minutes behind us as he said he'd stopped for the toilet but that usually meant something to eat really. Once I came off the phone I said to the warrant officer that we should knock on the door or beep the horn, he replied look at the top right window there's an Alsatian looking out the window at us. Sure enough I looked and there was the biggest Alsatian I have ever seen and it was just looking right at us. It had massive pointed ears on it too. I said Rolex to that. I'm not going in there then. The warrant officer wasn't bothered and he was all don't be a wuss and laughed. He used to breed German shepherds years ago, so he totally loved them. I've got a Doberman slash cross that's like a small horse so it's not that I'm scared of dogs. There was just something about this dog that gave me the creeps, it didn't even bark once, it just locked eyes with us like we were its prey. I then took it upon myself to beep the horn to get the owner to appear and that's when I noticed there was a second Alsatian, it was in the field standing at the barn. It looked far too big to be an Alsatian. It was just so out of proportion, if that makes sense. It was just peering at us too, then it slowly started to edge down to the ground, as if it was getting ready to pounce or something. The other one was still up at the window watching, there was still no barking from either of them, just complete silence. Nothing. Just then we heard an engine approaching, and it was the engineer, he drove into the courtyard and pulled round and parked behind me and got out of his van before we could even say don't to him. But nothing happened both dogs were gone. Even the warrant officer was getting freaked out by now, we decided to just get this job over and done with and get out of there. So I knocked the door and nothing, we looked through the downstairs windows, we saw no furniture and no sign of the dogs. We talked and I picked the lock on the door and opened it. I had my police batten ready just in case a big dog started going mental at me, but there was absolutely nothing in there, we went in and the place was completely empty and it absolutely stunk of a musky urine smell, that was crossed with the smell you get from fox pee. We looked in every room of the house and there was nothing in there. The whole house was empty and it looked as if it had been like that for some time. It had late 70s style carpets in the living room and it didn't look as if anyone had lived in there since then either judging by all the dust and cobwebs. They were everywhere upstairs. The window we had both seen the Alsatian looking at us from was up to our shoulders so either it was standing up on two legs or it was a ghost dog. Luckily for us the engineer didn't have the parts to sort both meters, so we could get out of there quickly, but on the downside, we might get the job back next year once the lockdown is over? The whole time we were at the property you could feel as if you shouldn't be there, it was really cold in the house considering it was August. It really felt as if someone was telling you to leave if you knew what was best for you, if that makes sense. I've never felt like that on any other job and we go to some really old abandoned places that you would expect to find something paranormal or supernatural. Not a cottage in the Scottish countryside that was the last job that day, we had had enough and tried to joke about it on the couple of hours drive home. For the next few months off and on I had weird dreams that a werewolf was trying to get into my house or I would see that it was outside in the park opposite my house watching me. It made me think about it and the incident stayed on my mind. I did some looking into the cottage we visited to see if it was up for sale but I found nothing. I looked into the dairy farm and that's when I found the names of both places. The dairy farm was called Tarbriok Dairy Farm and Tarbriak is Gaelic for wolf, and it's the same with the cottage Craig Craigmaty has something to do with Wolf Hill in Gaelic too. I made the mistake years ago of telling friends of something else very, very strange that happened to me when I lived in Durham and I still get teased about that event to this day. Ideally I would love to trace the owners of the cottage, and trace the owner of the land too if possible. I think there is a connection there we need to pursue, do you have any ideas how we can go about this, or are you willing to help out? Ideally, I would like to look at old parish records or census records going back as far as possible. Other reports where the witness was working when they had their encounter. The Morpeth Woods Screams and Structures 2003, Witness Report I'm a forestry worker and I had started work in this location that morning. It was a normal working day, there was nothing out of the ordinary that happened or that stood out to me as strange. At the end of the first day's work, we were heading back to base as a group on foot as it was a lovely evening. We were walking along the river Wandsbeck, just enjoying the quiet when there was the oddest noise that came from up the top of the site where we had been working just minutes before. I can only describe it as a tremendous scream, but it didn't sound like any animal I've ever heard and it didn't sound very human either. It really stood out to me as unusual and that's what made us stop and listen. Everybody looked up to where the noise was coming from, but due to the density of trees and the thick brush, we couldn't see a thing there were too many shadows and movements to be clear on which place to concentrate your eyes on. We just shrugged our shoulders and carried on. It certainly wasn't a bird and I couldn't see it being one of the other examples of wildlife that live in the vicinity, red squirrel, roe deer, otter, fox or badger. It certainly spooked me at the time though. Following that whenever I got the chance through the week, I'd have a look for any mysterious footprints, which should have been evident given the muddy conditions, but of course, I found nothing. Tillmonstone whoops sep 2015, I wrote into you as I have heard something really weird while I was working today. I'm a carpet fitter so I travel from house to house fitting carpets or giving quotations. I had a job out of the way, it was out in the sticks as we call it. I arrived parked up and was unloading some underlay from my van when I heard about four really loud unusual vocalizations. Now the best way I can describe these sounds was like a wooing noise, four single howls emitted one at a time. This was not a noise I would usually hear on a normal day at work and for all we were out in the country it wasn't anything I could think of. These hoos really stood out, they sounded like the sort of noise you would hear in a jungle. They did sound like the noise a primate would make somewhere far away and tropical. Yet the nearest zoo is 25 miles away. I wouldn't think sound would travel that far but I might be wrong. I've never heard these noises before and it was enough for me to stop in my tracks and really listen to what direction the sound was coming from. I was in the Tilmonstone area of Kent which is an old mining village near the Dover Sandwich area. I listened really hard to clue into how far away this sound was and I did it for a while, they sounded close but not close at the same time. I couldn't pinpoint a direction, and I know it wasn't a fox or anything like that. If I had to state what kind of noise I would have to say it was definitely like a primate type of whoop, it sounded like a very haunting sound, it sort of hung in the air after it finished. It wouldn't have sounded out of place in a jungle-type environment but in the middle of Ken it did which makes it very hard one to explain. It injured our dog. The Woodmill Harry Thing 90s, witness report, my ex-partner was the security guard for the golf course on Woodmill Lane in Southampton. He was on his usual shift that night, not too much happens down there so my son had joined him at work for the night and they also had our two security trained dogs with them, both dogs will attack on command. They were patrolling the area just walking the course with the dogs on the lead, they both said they did hear noises in the woodline, and presuming it was deer or another animal they ignored it and continued to walk and patrol the area. As they were passing one particular clump of bushes, the dogs started to go mad, they were both barking and snapping and pulling on the leads and running as close to the bushes as the leads would allow. At which point, something they cannot describe made a horrid howling screech and set off running towards the woodline. The dogs strained so hard my ex-partner dropped the leads and the dogs were in hot pursuit. As the dogs got into the woods and trees they couldn't be seen but there was a yelp and both dogs ran back the way they had come from and they were heading straight to my ex-partner. One of the dogs was clearly injured and was limping badly on one leg. As they were seeing the dogs and checking them over, off into the woods they heard a splash in the stream as if whatever it was the dogs chased had jumped into the water in its efforts to escape. When I asked what it looked like they both described the creature as around six and a half to 7 feet tall in height. It was really hairy, dirty and unkempt, they have only really only ever told very close friends up until today. My son is fully grown now and we were together the other day and that night was mentioned again. And I remember at the time how my son looked when he came home, he was as white as a sheet and quite ill looking. It was at least a week before the dogs would return to the area and they were all shaken up quite badly and my son has never returned to the golf club or the area around it. A dark morning Bigfoot. 2018, spring 2018, am making this report on behalf of my husband who travels most days along this stretch of road going to and from work. My husband drives a bus on the route. He is used to being in the area in all weathers and has on occasion seen a large black cat run out in front of him as he was driving. Which to be fair is not that unusual up here now. Even the deer can run out into the road without any notice so you have to keep your eye on the sides of the roads when you're driving here. The area is heavily wooded and has ample wildlife and habitat to enable anything to hide out if it wanted to, it always enables them invisibility until they are right there in front of you in the road. This particular morning it was around 8.40am so it was still quite dark, your typical northern winter morning February-March 2018. He was driving along the road as normal, keeping an eye out for deer or any animal that would dash out in front of the car. We live quite close to this area and we have both heard strange noises ourselves at night from something we cannot identify to be honest. As my husband was making his way down the road he was astonished to see what he would later describe to me when he got home later as a Bigfoot type creature he said he passed it driving quite quickly, so he couldn't give me any real in-depth details about this creature's facial features or anything. When I pushed him for more of a description he just said it was a large hairy Bigfoot type creature on the edge of the forest and I saw it as it was picked out by the lights from the car. I didn't really know what to say, so we both just left it at that, and I looked for somewhere I could report this to. Less than a month later, my husband has had another sighting on the way to Killhope this morning. He was driving the same route he drove last time, and as he got closer to Killhope, quite close to the same place as the last time he saw the creature, but this time the Bigfoot was further out from the tree line and was standing more towards the road, standing on the dirt track more in the open. Today was a bright, sunny day, even though we still had snow on the ground perfect spring weather, so my husband said it stood out much closer than before and he got a better look at it. He was just startled to see it there again not really doing anything to hide itself, it was just standing out in the open like that. Anyone passing would also see it surely? As he was explaining what happened he said it was bending down like it had maybe caught something in the grass? It looked like it was trying to pull something up to its face. My husband told the lad that sits in the front seat to look over to see what he thought it was, but he didn't know what to call it. So my husband said it was a Bigfoot which the lad said he had heard about them before? As they were driving past it the Bigfoot moved its head sideways to look directly at them and my husband said its face had ape-like features. He also said it looked to be over 8 feet tall and was very broad across the shoulders and definitely wasn't human. It put whatever it had caught up to its mouth and started eating. When they got to their destination there is another man who works there and drives the other minibus that sets off in front of my husband. So my husband asked this guy if he'd seen the creature he had just seen bent over at Killhope, and wondered if anyone else had reported seeing it. The man said he had seen something like it although he didn't know what it was as he'd never seen anything like it before. My husband told him he thought it was a Bigfoot, and it was the second time he'd seen one there. The other driver said he'd seen one run in front of his minibus one night just last summer, but he didn't know what it was and he has never said anything as he didn't believe things like that existed and he didn't think anyone would believe him. My husband thinks that they might be using a route over the top of the fells from Hamsterley, Kilhope, and over to Kielder Forest or down to Harwood. Lix Toll. A truck shaken by an unseen hand? Dash reported in 2015 directly from Witness, a delivery driver reported a strange occurrence that happened around June 2011. Witness report I can't remember the exact date but I think it was about 4 years ago now. I'm a truck driver and I had a long route, I needed a place to sleep until it was safe to drive in a better light. I stopped near Lick's toll close to Killen for my tachograph break. I was woken up from my sleep to find the truck shaking and I thought I was dreaming. I was parked in front of the forestry gate. I got out of the truck to investigate what had done that but there was nothing there. The River Bain Road Crossing Sasquatch. June 4, 2028 30 PM, Witness Report, I contacted your members Mark and Sean Spikings as I had a strange experience this week close to Market Rosin. On Tuesday 7th of April 2020. I was driving on River Bain Road towards the A157, at approx 8.15pm. I was driving around a bend with my full beam on and as soon as I got around the bend I noticed something through the cab window. I think I saw a Sasquatch, I immediately slowed down to get a clear visual of it as I could not believe what I was seeing at the time. I saw it clearly, to the point I could see the whole left side of its body, from head to toe the head on it looked more oval and longer in shape at the top the sasquatch was on the right hand side about 30 meters away from me near a small forest and it was facing away from me so i could only see its back it was at least eight feet tall and very thick and extremely muscular and it looked to be a thick dark brown in color its hands was easily past its knees with very long and muscular arms its upper body was a lot thicker than the lower part legs and the shoulders looked to be twice the size of a silverback gorilla in body mass as i've seen those in zoos I got about ten meters minus fifteen meters closer to where it was standing in my van. The sasquatch dipped slightly and then stepped off into the trees and disappeared after it was gone. I slowed the van to a stop and looked out of the van and I could see a freshly killed rabbit on the floor exactly where it had been standing, but there were no visual signs of blood or an injury. It looked like a quick and instant kill. I didn't stop too long as I was on a route to make a delivery as I was on a time frame dot the friston would bipedal thing. One November morning at approximately 2.30am a man who drives for a living was on an enforced break along the coastal road close to Eastbourne, having parked his lorry in Friston Park near to New Haven in Sussex. After a long drive Mr. Phil Heyman got out the vehicle to stretch his legs and catch some air. There was a red light from a nearby forestry machine partially illuminating the area. As Mr. Heyman was stretching his legs he was amazed when he saw a dark, eight-foot figure which appeared at that time to be a man emerge from the tree line. Startled by the incident he suddenly jumped back into his cab and then cab door slammed shut behind him. Although shaken by the ordeal Mr. Heyman still managed to grab his flashlight and look out through the window of the cab only to see the figure running off into the forest. It couldn't have been a human being, as the skin would have shown in the light he stated. This was a dull figure with no sheen to the skin, so, it could have possibly been covered with hair he said. The creature according to Mr. Heyman was bipedal. Bigfoot in a puddle. A woman's car turns over in an energy burst. 2007. This report was shared with me by Ellis Taylor. Witness Report This is a second hand account told to me by a very good friend who knew the witness very well. It happened in 2007. All my friend could remember was that it was wintertime, about 6 a.m., on a lonely ancient mountain road that threads from northeast of Creef to Perth. The mountain is littered with prehistoric sites. The lady, who lived in one of the area's isolated farmhouses, was on her way to work in Perth and intended, as most always, to take the main road, the A85, but however, on reaching the junction she found the road blocked, and a sign that directed her to continue her journey along the aforementioned track instead. The road was unlit, narrow and wet so she negotiated her way cautiously, not meeting any other vehicles. The only sounds were that of her car's engine and those that tires make on wet roads. She had traveled a fair distance when, just as she slowly rounded a bend, her eyes fell upon a sight that she has never forgotten. Knees bent, crouched with its head down, was a gigantic hairy man. He, exactly like a man but covered in hair, five fingers, very tall, was drinking water from a puddle. The lady braked, only a very few yards from him now, she couldn't believe her eyes. The creature glanced sideways at her and, with seemingly no effort whatsoever, bounded easily over the fence, and raced with unbelievable speed up the boulder strewn mountain slope and into the woods. But the strangeness wasn't over. As soon as the creature slipped into the trees, for no reason at all, the lady's car began to roll over sideways. Three times it turned, over and over and over, eventually landing on its side. The woman, now partially suspended in her seat belt, was astonished to see that the cassette tape and other items on her dashboard had not moved at all from where she had put them. Her only injury was to her shoulder, only slight, and that was caused by the seatbelt. Fortunately she had her mobile phone with her and she was able to phone for help. my friend, a medium, and a very good one told me that only a week or so previously she and her husband had driven along the very same road. Approaching the exact spot that her friend was to encounter the hairy man my friend was overcome with an intense sense of dread and bawled at her husband to hurry past. Until next time, Deb. Become a patron.